happens to be a spot or two next to you, go ahead and maybe raise your hand so we can find some people uh, a spot to sit if they want to take those spots. We've got a couple seats. And nobody wants to move. All right, then I'm just going to go ahead and continue. You know, it's, uh, it's fun when we get to the start of the school year. And as we do so, maybe some of the memories for you flood back from uh, younger childhood days. I can remember back, and it was probably similar to you, that uh, the first day of school seemed like a big deal. You know, you had to pick out the right things to wear. Uh, you had to, that was a day to, to dress your best. Now, I think the children and the parents may have a different view of what it means to dress their best. I can remember one year, I'm not proud of this, I'm glad that I cannot track down any pictures. But I remember one year, I wanted to make sure that I had uh, my own pair of, of hammer pants that were just the right length, not too baggy, not too tight. And then, of course, you had to do the double T-shirt, solid color, one over the other with the cuffs rolled so that you could have, uh, you know, white on black or black on white, depending on how it goes. But, you know, you had to pick out just the right outfit for the start of the year, wanting to dress your best. In some ways, when we come to the start of a new school year, there's this bit of saying, you know, it's all about having a, a fresh start, a new start, a new beginning. And even as we uh, start this school year, that's, that's some of the concept and the thought into the, the selection of the theme verse for the year from Colossians chapter 3. It's to say, who, who do we want to be as a people who are gathered in this place? Look, we've known the, the faults and the problems that we've had in the past, but how can we kind of have a, a new start and a new beginning. And so I want to read some of these uh, verses that are in this chapter from Colossians 3. And as I do, uh, just take them in. It says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Put on all of these things. How can we dress our best? There's another story that you may have heard about new clothes. Uh, it's by a, an author named Hans Christian Andersen. No relation. No relation. He spells his with an E the wrong way. And it starts this way. It says, Once upon a time there lived a vain emperor whose only worry in life was to dress in elegant clothes. He changed clothes almost every hour and loved to show them off to his people. And the story goes on to tell us, and we're introduced to two scoundrels who uh, had heard of the emperor's vanity and they decided to take advantage of it. And so they come into town and they introduce themselves as two very good tailors who after years and years of research and study have found and invented an extraordinary method for making a very special cloth. A cloth so light and fine that it looks invisible. As a matter of fact, it is invisible to anyone who is too stupid or incompetent to appreciate its quality. And so, of course, the emperor hires them to, to make a new outfit for him. And as the story continues, he, he sends people to go in and check on how the work is going in. And so at one point, the prime minister goes in, and in his head, he's saying, I, I can't see anything. But if I can't see anything, that means I'm stupid or worse, incompetent. So instead, what he says is, oh, what marvelous fabric. I'll certainly tell the emperor. And finally, they say that they've finished the fabric, and they bring the fabric in for the emperor to approve. And of course, he looks at it, and he says, 
Well, in his head, I, I don't see any colors. I can't feel a fine fabric between my fingers, but I don't want anyone to find out that I'm stupid and incompetent. And so he again appreciates the color and the texture and the wonderful fabric. And this, this whole farce continues. As the two scoundrels, they take measurements, they have their scissors cutting through the air, and they stitch together with needles this invisible cloth. And finally it's time for the big reveal, and there's so much excitement in the community that they all want to have a big parade so they can all see the clothes of this emperor. And out comes the emperor, clothed in absolutely nothing. But everybody says, oh, look at the emperor's new clothes. They're beautiful. And the colors, the beautiful fabric. Until finally there's a child who peers in and he sees into the carriage and simply lets out, the emperor is naked. And the truth of the matter finally begins to filter through to everyone else as everyone else admits that what they see is an emperor who is naked as well. And yet even in that time, with everyone coming to the realization of the truth, the emperor in his pride cannot allow the truth to be heard by himself and continues on as if he is wearing the finest of clothes. So I think in a story like this that we can see often our own desire to be dressed when we think of verses like this. In the Christian world, we often have this emphasis to say, hey, I want to make sure that I can dress my best, putting on all of these characteristics, these qualities, the morals that I can show and demonstrate to the world around me that by my will or my work or by my intended focus and my own moral character, I can either prove to God or demonstrate to the world around me that I'm a child of God by these things. And it's why so often, you can watch the news right now, weeks ago, months ago, years from now, and it could continue on, why time and time again, you'll see Christians that are called hypocrites and frauds. When we're exposed with our pride and our vanity that refuses to acknowledge that trying to dress ourselves with those things demonstrates in finality that we are a farce and a fraud. You see, in other sections of God's Word, it says, you know what, if you were to take all the good things, take the best of the best of the things that you've ever done, all those things, they're filthy rags. They're filthy rags. So as we take a look at those things, it's two things in place. At the best, we are people who cover ourselves with stench-filled, filth-stained rags. And at worst, we are completely naked and exposed as the frauds and the farces that we are. And yet there is another way, another answer, and another possibility. In chapel yesterday, we took a look a little bit at Colossians 2, some of the verses that come before all this. And I want to read those for us today. It says, You were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. See, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. 
See, when we take a look at some of those verses in Colossians 3 that tells us what to put off, it says, put things off like this. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk, the lies that you tell to one another. Here's what we see in Colossians 2 in those verses. That all of those things, your sexual immorality, your impurity, your sinful passions, your evil desires, your covetousness, your idolatry, your anger, your wrath, your malice, your slander, your obscene talk, the lies that you tell yourself and others and continue to tell, all those things, God says, I put them on my son. See that Jesus Christ took all those things upon himself to the cross, where the very Son of God was stripped, hung on a cross, for all the world to see. He was mocked as a fraud and a farce, exposed because he clothed and wrapped himself in our sins. And he said nothing. And he said nothing, not because of vanity. He said nothing because of his humility and because of his love for you and for me. You see, the Colossians 3 verses start with this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Put off the old self with its practices. For you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of after the knowledge of the image of its creator. We're a renewed people. With all of our sins draped upon the Son of God and the gift of life given to us. There's a an individual who wrote a song in the 1700s called Rock of Ages Cleft for Me. And the third stanza, the third verse says this. Nothing in my hand I bring simply to thy cross I cling. Naked I come to thee for dress. Helpless I look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. And maybe in reflection of these verses we could say, Dress me, Savior, or I die. See, Christ has said in all these verses from Colossians chapter 3, it's not about how can we find a way to dress ourselves to make a best presentation to the world around us. But how can we say to Christ, Lord, you dress me. Because Jesus says, let me wash you in the waters of baptism. Let me clothe you with my righteousness. And let me do it not only in that, those waters of the day when I have baptized you and claimed you in my name, but every day, let me renew you in the promises that I made to you in that moment. Let me dress you in those promises each and every day. That you are washed 
redeemed, cleansed, renewed child of God. Since we focus on what it means to be renewers in Christ, is to say, first and foremost, how is it that we are renewed in Christ? And so when we are a people who fail and falter and stumble and sin, making a filthy mess of the clothes of righteousness that Christ has given us, we run back to the Savior time and time again, where he says, again, let me cleanse you. Let me forgive you. Let me renew you. Let me redress you. We're going to spend some time over the course of the year talking about what it means to be a body of Christ that renew one another and this world in Christ and what it means to be renewed in, in Christ. And it begins with the word that Christ continues to speak to us when we gather together in his name. Will you join me in a prayer?